Welcome back to Let's Talk Sales, the podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. We will be back next week from our brief hiatus with all new episodes and more fantastic guests. But for today's episode, we are re-airing a conversation from last summer featuring Donna Deteau. This episode focuses on setting and achieving big goals. So if you've set any New Year's resolutions or goals for Q1, you won't want to miss this conversation. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Sales, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and I am really looking forward to my conversation with today's guest. She is the president and CEO of Elevate Your Spark, where she helps clients get the results and live the life they truly want, but haven't been able to achieve on their own. She is a serial entrepreneur, having founded and run multiple businesses, and she's also spent a lot of time both working and consulting in the nonprofit space. She is a prolific speaker, and she is also a foodie. We have already been talking about food before we recorded today, and I'm going to do my best not to get distracted talking about food as we record. She is based in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the show, Donna Deteau. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm just thrilled to be here. I am thrilled to have you. It's been so fun getting to meet you. And I just shared, you know, the top level bullets that people might find on your LinkedIn page or on your website, but I know there's a lot more to you. So I'd love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Oh, I'd love to. <clears throat> so most of, uh, I would imagine everyone can uh, uh, detect uh, an accent. And so I'm originally from Texas. Uh, grew up in Texas and I have, but uh, Colorado was always my heart home. Mm. Um, we started vacationing here when I was eight. And that first year, I just knew that I wanted to live in Colorado. After that, Texas just lost all of its appeal to me. <laughs> so I'm here and I'm happy to be living in my heart home. Um, like you mentioned, I've had other businesses. I had a catering business and I had a renovation business. Those took its physical uh, uh, toll on, on my body. They're very mm-hmm. um, strenuous. So um, I went back into m- most of my career, Elizabeth, uh, before becoming a, a coach, a, a catalyst, whatever you want to call me, I vacillated back between corporate America and nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And after doing that for a couple of decades, I realized that when you're in a uh, an executive role in a nonprofit, you're you're operating as an entrepreneur. That's Absolutely. when I realized I was an entrepreneur. Mm. Yeah, because as uh, in a nonprofit, you're wearing sixteen different hats, just like mm-hmm. an entrepreneur does. You're you're a you know you you, you do everything. Um. But it was in my last nonprofit that I discovered coaching. So I'm I'm blessed that I found my purpose in life and my and my true passion. Um, I was the executive director of Dress for Success, and I started coaching our clients on a one to one basis because there we we found a need there, and it was so strange because. As soon as I started doing that, I beat my alarm every morning. I was so excited mm-hmm. to get to work. You know, you know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and I didn't even call it coaching at that time. I, well, I just you know, ca- called it helping helping our clients. But at the same time, so, uh, our nonprofit was doing very well. It was during the recession, 
and uh, other other nonprofit executives and development directors contacted me and said, "Hey, we noticed that you're you're in the paper, you're in the magazines, you're on TV a lot, and you're." you know, financially healthy, how are you doing this? So I started coaching other executives, nonprofit executives. Mm -hmm. So coaching just happened organically for me. And like I said, I I feel blessed uh, that it found me because it found me. I didn't find it. (laughs) Um, And the the rest is just history. It's so wonderful when you can find your passion like that um, and just kind of stumble into it. Yes. You know, and I thought that I had found it with my other, I mean, I love renovating and I love catering and I still love cooking and creating recipes. But when, when I find myself involved in someone's life and um, watching them change and getting bigger and better results, there's just, there's just no, it's hard to describe that. It's hard to describe that feeling of being there with that person and watching them, like I said, change and get better results, bigger, bigger results. Absolutely. It's something that, um, that I've been able to experience too. When you first see kind of a light bulb go off above somebody and there's almost like a light in their eyes, if you're, if you're meeting in person and you can tell that they discovered something about themselves or about their goals or their plans. Uh, And then to continue meeting with them, I had a client um, I just can't can't help myself from sharing this story. This was years ago, and I was actually coaching her coach. So her coach had been just incredibly frustrated. This was a woman who had moved into a, a selling oriented role, and was really good at forming relationships, but had just never been able to get somebody to buy to cross mm-hmm. that line into making a purchase. And her coach was so frustrated. And she felt like, what am I doing wrong? How can, you know, this this was probably my fault. Do we need to let this person go? What's going on? And so I was coaching her coach and I kept helping her, you know, let's let's find some different strategies. Let's figure out maybe what's going on. Mm-hmm. And when, her, when that person ended up just, first of all, she closed one deal and then she closed another one like the next mm-hmm. day. And it was just like a waterfall after that. And mm-hmm. she was so excited, but her coach also was so excited seeing it kind of at that multiple level. Uh-huh. Uh, it's such a such a gratifying thing to uh-huh. see how you're directly contributing to somebody else's success. That's an amazing story. It I, I almost tear up when I'm thinking about it because it just it was it was such a powerful thing. And, yeah. Um, really, really great experience. So, um, I want to, I want to focus on you here because you really help people accomplish their goals. And in some ways, I think that sounds, that can sound simplistic, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. We set goals and we need to accomplish goals. But if you really look at people, most of us don't accomplish many of our goals, right? Whether it comes to the very standard, everybody wants to lose 10 pounds or the, you know, I'm going to learn a different language. I'm going to learn how to bake bread. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going Mm -hmm. to X, Y, Z, whatever it might be. So many times we set these goals and we don't achieve them. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to really take a deep dive into why it is that we're not accomplishing our goals and some big picture kind of strategies for um, how people can move toward uh, a a practice of better achieving their goals. So why don't we start with just what's, what, what are some of the big reasons that people don't accomplish those goals? Well, I use the, um, I don't know if it's analogy or metaphor. I get those all mixed up. But anyway, you know, when people go on a diet, mm-hmm. 
they do, the first thing they do is they'll, they'll say, okay, I'm going to lose some weight and, um, I'm going, so, so I'm going to cut down on my sugars. I'm going to cut out my carbs. I'm going to go on a walk with my spouse three times a a week, and I'm going to go to the gym twice a week. So what they're doing is they, they look at the external behaviors Mm -hmm. and they say, okay, I'm going to change this, this, and this, and this, and this, and everything goes along very well for maybe weeks, sometimes months. And then, whammo, something happens. Somebody drops off a box of donuts at the mm. office or you go to a party and there's all your favorite nibbles and uh, I call them snackies. And, and then, of course, the desserts. Uh, or maybe just, you know, maybe all hell breaks loose and you're just under so much stress. And so you start eating again. Well, what, what I've just described is a temporary change to a situation. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons people don't reach their goals is because they concentrate on their behaviors first. Mm-hmm. And when you concentrate on your behaviors first, you've got it backwards. Ah. Behaviors will change when thinking and thoughts change. Mm. So to start at the beginning, it's a chain reaction. And to start at the beginning of the chain reaction, you start with the thoughts. What am I thinking about my weight? What am I thinking about how I look? What are my thoughts? What what is my self-image? When you tackle, and this pertains to sales, so it's just spot on. Uh, with with sales too, when when you start thinking about how I am different, what 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 thoughts do I need to have so I can release some weight? Mm-hmm. When you start there, and I use uh, the technique called repetition, and when you find a thought going, oh, you know, I'm telling myself all day I'm fat. Well, if I'm telling myself all day I'm fat, then I'm going to stay fat. <laughs> that, that's just a natural, that's just going to happen mm-hmm. because that's what you're telling yourself. So change the thought. And you do this repeatedly. You don't just change it one time. You you write out a statement that says, oh, I am so happy and grateful now that I am fit, healthy, and muscular. And every time you have a thought that says I'm fat, go, no, 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 get out of here. I am so happy. I am fit. What did I say? Fit, muscular, and healthy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you, you change the thought. With the repetition, the subconscious latches onto it, believes it, because the subconscious will believe anything that we put into it. Doesn't matter. Could be a mm-hmm. truth, could be a lie. Doesn't matter. The subconscious believes it. When the subconscious believes it, that's when the behaviors change. And that's mm. when the, the, the behavioral changes become permanent. And we can apply this a same, this same technique. It's a, it's a mental strategy. You know, we have all kinds of sales strategies that we've been taught all our lives. But when you learn the mental strategies, that's when your external results really change. That makes sense. So Go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that makes so much sense because like you said, if you're putting 
effort to changing the behavior and you're kind of making yourself right because that's Mm -hmm. what the situation that you first described and again Mm -hmm. whether it's exercising or whether it's making cold calls or whether Mm -hmm. it's you know um doing anything on on a leadership side if you have to be putting your personal will and personal drive that will last a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. but then the subconscious is always pulling against that. And so Mm -hmm. if your subconscious is actually pushing you in the right direction, as opposed to pulling you against it, you don't have to apply as much will and effort and focus. It's it's just going to naturally happen. You're going to, you know, you're going to want to do that outreach because you realize that it's helping you move in the right direction. You're going to want to exercise because you're thinking about how great it is to feel good and Mm -hmm. how you want to continue to feel good. Yeah. So that's one reason why people don't reach their goals is because they um, they concentrate on the external before tackling the uh, their thoughts, their internal, their what's going on internally. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we could spend hours just talking about that, but I know that we want to get to other topics like you and I have discussed before. But I think, and, and another reason, not but, but another reason. Uh, that people don't reach their goals, <clears throat> excuse me, and 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 I'm talking to myself here because this is how I was. It's because their goals are too small, mm-hmm. and that that sounds counterintuitive because you would think. And and people always tell me, "Oh, Donna, that's not a realistic goal." No, I don't want you to set a realistic goal. Realistic goals. There's no excitement. There's no enthusiasm. You set a realistic goal and you know you can do it. So that's not going to get me out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. But when you set what I call a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal, that's what gets that, that, that gives you your passion each and every day. And, <clears throat> and I know you know this, Elizabeth, but for the reader, for the listeners, I want to, um, share the two characteristics of a BHAG. A big, hairy, audacious goal has, uh, one, it has to scare you, Mm -hmm. really scare you. And two, you can have no idea how you're going to get there. If you put a, uh, uh, you know, if you, if your goal is way out there, you know, in the, in the ether world and you're sitting here, you don't even know what the first step is. There's this big void between you and the goal. And again, that's counterintuitive because we've always been taught, okay, let's strategize, let's set a goal, and then let's put the strategies behind how we're going to get to that goal. Mm-hmm. And when you have a BHAG and you don't know how you're going to get to your goal, that is where all of our personal growth and our professional growth comes into play. Mm. So that is, I think that's the, that, and of course, pe- the, the third reason goals are not achieved is because people say things like, I want to increase my sales. I want to lose weight. I mm-hmm. want to make more money. And that is, you can't have goals that are just general. Mm-hmm. You have to have very, very specific goals. Um, so back to the BHAG. Mm-hmm. Um, the BHAG is really literally what changed my life when I learned how to set BHAGs. Absolutely. I can see that. And yep. just that idea of 
having a goal that you don't know how to get there. Something we often talk to our clients about is the idea of a breakthrough. And Uh um, when we used to be in person and on, you know, flip charts or or whiteboards, it's the idea of you're here at the bottom left corner and where you want to get isn't the top right corner. It's literally not on the sheet right? It's, it's beyond what you can even imagine right now. And if, if you're just setting the goal of getting to the next step, like you said, that's not exciting. You know, our brains like energy and excitement, you know, we're, we're, we're simple creatures. (laughs) There's a reason that we, (laughs) you know, play games on our phones and, um, and do so many other things. And if we can, kind of do that. It's not, it's not a trick. I don't want to say it's a trick, but if we can do this, that, that is going to help our minds be excited and be, um, you know, a little bit, you know, uh, concerned and, and really interested, we're going to focus on it even subconsciously, probably while you're sleeping, you're coming up with ideas and Absolutely. that makes it more likely that you're going to keep that energy and keep that focus long-term as opposed to, yeah, know how I'm going to do it. Here's the five steps. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because yes, our subconscious does work on things uh, while we are asleep and one of the beauties of not knowing how to to get to a BHAG to achieve a BHAG is employing uh intellectual faculties that we know are there, but and what I'm talking about is like the imagination. Mhm. And the will and reason. When we don't know how to get somewhere, how to achieve that BHAG, that's when the intellectual faculties kick in. Our creativity comes to play. We start imagining things and going, huh, now that's a new idea. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Um, And then you act on that new idea and it works or it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, okay, go to the next one. But it, when you don't know how to get to a BHAG, you stretch yourself into imagining more, creating more, coming up with new ideas, and you surprise yourself. And there's excitement in that too. It's like, wow. And, and so every day becomes exciting because it's like, okay, what's going to happen today? <laughs> what am I going to come up with today? What am I going to do today? Um, and so much, and you know this, people get tired of sales because they're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And when you can do something different, even if it's just a little bit different, it makes it, it makes the whole process exciting again. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, you know, if you think about it, for, for many of us, one of the reasons that that we started whatever job it is that we're in is we saw other jobs that we thought looked really boring and mechanical. You know, um, I worked for a couple of summers in a factory and I literally was pulling wood veneer off a conveyor belt and it had a grade on it and I was putting it on the panel associated with that grade. And it was uh, super exciting. And <laughs> I, I I literally could feel, I, I could feel my mind just like withering away uh-huh. every day that I was uh-huh. there. And, you know, there were, there were excellent, there were great people that worked there and they had fulfilling lives in a lot of other ways. But I could see if I were there, you know, eight hours a day, every day of my life, I, I, I would not have been happy. <laughs> <laughs> with with the way that things had had worked out. And so we we pick the jobs that we pick because we think that there there's interest and, and it gets engaging. Uh-huh. And 
If you don't have these goals, if you don't have somewhere that you're trying to be, eventually you just get into a rut. And you look up and a whole week went by, a whole month went by, a whole quarter, Uh a whole year Uh went by. And you're Uh like, what what happened? Nothing. Everything was just the same. And it's, you know, then people go crazy. (laughs) Yes, they do. Yeah. Well, and then, and then all kinds of emotional things happens, you know, stress mm-hmm. turns into to depression and turns into disease, but that, that's a whole other area. Um, I believe that when we don't have a BHAG, that we literally are a ship without a rudder, mm-hmm. that we're just, we're, and you just described it, you know, and it's um, when, you know, it's like getting in your car, putting on your GPS, piling all the kids and pets in and snacks and taking off and you don't know where you're going you're mm-hmm. just you could be going round and round the block you could be going across the country with no destination you could end, uh, end up back home but with the BHAG it gives us our GPS it's something to to get up every day and work toward and it's exciting most of most of my client not I just say most a lot of my clients their first BHAG is, and a lot of my clients are in sales, and they, the, so their first BHAG is turning their annual income into their monthly income. Mm. And when I first propose that type of goal for them, most of them just go, what? Are, you, are you kidding? <laughs> what? Uh, but, but as they start in my program and they start getting the mental tools and the mental recipes or formulas, they go, oh, all right. I, I get, yes, yes. I'm so glad I have this BHAG. This is so exciting. This process is so exciting because they, they start seeing how they can change their thoughts, how they can, and how, when they change their thoughts, how other things in their lives start changing. So it, it always comes back to the BHAG. Absolutely. And something about a goal like that is also it's going to take some time to get there. And if you set the goal of I'm going to increase my monthly sales or monthly income by 10%, you might achieve that in the first month or the second month. And then you just, okay, I accomplished my goal. Check it off. Now I'm fine. And then you get back into a rut at 10% above. And maybe you even fall back into what it had been before. But uh-huh. when you've got that big goal, that's going to take some time to get there. You know, it, it doesn't have to take a year. It, it may take just a few months for some people, but it's so big that you're not going to almost accidentally achieve it really quickly. <laughs> and yes. sometimes we set little goals. And especially on that sales side, you get one big client. And boom, you hit your yeah. you hit your little goal. You exceeded your little goal. And it uh-huh. feels like, oh, okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but one client isn't probably going to get you to that BHAG. <laughs> and right. um, to to have these big goals, it like you said, it keeps you, it keeps you focused, it keeps you engaged, it keeps you striving. And we have a different, different energy and a different focus when we're working towards something as opposed to when we're just head down, kind of doing what's yeah. next. Absolutely. Yes. And that's when we start attracting to us everything we need to achieve the BHAG. When we, when, when we use that focus, when we are focusing on the BHAG, we get on the vibrational level of the BHAG. And when we're on that vibrational level, we start attracting to us everything we need 
to achieve the BHAG. Okay, mm. again, did that make sense? <laughs> it did. And I, I'd like to spend a little bit more time in this because I think you mentioned attraction and a lot of people, their ears probably perked up. They're thinking, you know, yeah, I've heard about that law of attraction. And all I need to do is, you know, decide what I want. And the law of attraction means it's going to come to me. And it sounds yeah. like you're saying that there's a little bit more that you need to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, you know, that book in the movie, The Secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that really uh, brought to the forefront the law of attraction for a lot of people. <clears throat> what people don't realize is that the law of attraction. This is this is the first thing, and I love uh, sharing this with people because this this was a big game changer for me. So I, I, it's very personal to me because honestly, Elizabeth, I thought the law of attraction and the law of vibration was like a bunch of woo-woo stuff, mm-hmm. if I have to be totally honest. And it took me, I would say, a, a good six months of getting into it and studying it and realizing that it's all based in science. And once that, because I'm not a woo-woo person, mm-hmm. I like facts, I like figures, I like, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm direct, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I, and, and, so when I started seeing and understanding the science behind the laws of the universe, it was a really big game changer for me. My, my whole life changed. So yes, the law of attraction is very popular. And, and a lot of people think just what you said, okay, I've got my BHAG. Now I'm just going to wait and let all this stuff come to me. Mm-hmm. But the law of attraction is a secondary law. And that was another big realization to me. It's like secondary law. Um, The law of attraction uh, comes into play when you understand and implement the law of vibration. So we can use the the example of uh, the BHAG. You have a BHAG and it's something that is way out there. Don't you know? Don't, you have no idea how you're going to get there. It scares the bejesus out of you. Mm-hmm. And when you start thinking about your BHAG, when you visualize your BHAG, you're actually raising your vibrational level to the level of your BHAG. Mm. And I liken it to. You know, picture a room, and in this room, there's a piano and there's a chandelier. Mm -hmm. Now, those are in two different places of the room. They're made up of completely different substances. They have two different purposes, except you can start playing some keys on the piano, and the glass shades of the chandelier will start vibrating. Mm -hmm. You can play some other keys repeatedly on the piano, and it will actually shatter the glass mm-hmm. shades. What has happened is that they have they got on the same vibrational level, mm-hmm. and in in universal terms, they were connected. Mm. And that's the same principle of when we start visualizing our BHAG. One of the things I have my clients do is they don't just set a goal. It's not okay. I'm going to turn my uh, annual income into my monthly income. And that means I'm going to be making $100,000 a month. I have them write in detail 
how that goal is going to impact their life. Mm-hmm. How is your life going to change when you're earning a hundred thousand dollars a month? I'm sure that you're going to be living somewhere differently, driving a different car. You may be taking different types of vacations. How is this going to impact your family? Maybe you're you're able then to put your children in the school that you really wanted them in, mm-hmm. not the the school that you settled for. So I have them write what's called a life script all around this BHAG. How is this going to impact their lives? And when they sit each day with this life script, it allows them to get on the level, the vibrational level of their BHAG. When you get on the same vibrational level, not only do you start moving towards your BHAG, your BHAG starts moving towards you. Mm. And that's when the law of attraction kicks in. You start attracting everything you need to achieve that BHAG because you've raised your vibrational level to the level of the BHAG. That to me, when I learned that, it was like the heavens opened and Gabriel blew his horn. I mean, it was, <laughs> I was, I just, I was just, I just went, Oh, now I see. Because a lot of people think you just kind of sit around and wait for things. You know, you just uh-huh. start attracting things. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you, you employ the law of vibration. So the law of attraction kicks in. They're, they're, they're intertwined. You can't have one without the other. That makes so much sense. And, and thinking of really specific examples where I've seen this happen, um, you know, I'll bring this back to sales. I've, I've seen people who set a goal of just, I'm going to generate way more leads. And I don't know that they necessarily get it to the level of, of a BHAG like you're talking about, but they're really thinking, mm-hmm. I'm going to change the way, um, mm-hmm. the way I'm generating leads. Mm-hmm. And you can say that, but the difference between even saying that, and then you start to put it out into the universe, right? You start to talk to people and you share that goal with them. And yes. you reach out to your network and you're saying, hey, I'm I'm looking to quadruple my lead generation. I'm looking to generate leads into a different level of company. I want to get into the fortune space and really be mm-hmm. selling into bigger companies. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're pushing that message out into the world. And what happens then is somebody that you know knows somebody else who knows somebody else mm-hmm. and a conversation sp- starts up and you get a referral that you never would have heard of if you hadn't not just set exactly. that goal, but pushed yes. it out into the world. Yes. And it can be as simple as, you know, we, we tell people you should have, um, we used to call it a nifty 50. Sometimes we still call it that. You should have a list of people that you could call and they would take your call. And this doesn't mean that they're a prospect, but they are a trusted member of your network. They would be willing to, you know, when it's feasible and safe, um, get coffee with you if you're in the same place, um, bounce ideas off each other. um, And you're just you're you're in real relationship with them. Yes. And if you were to call down that list of your nifty 50 and share your BHAG with them, that is immediately is going to be putting some vibrations out into the universe. And so often there are people who would be more than willing to help us and they have no idea what we're working toward. And so we're like ships passing in the night and Mm -hmm. they've got this ability to to give something significant to us to really contribute, um, push us along on our way. And we don't even know it because we haven't even done the work of just sharing 
our goal. Yes. And, you know, some goals might seem silly and ridiculous to share that idea of, you know, I'm going to turn my annual income into my monthly income. That might be intimidating to share with everybody, but there are still some people you could share it with. And it, and then once you do with a few people, it gets even more comfortable. And that alone is going to cause, I'm thinking of like you, you drop a pebble into a pond, right? Mm-hmm. It's concentric, mm-hmm. just ripples of vibration yeah. that are spreading out even beyond um, the people that you know. Does that kind yeah. of fit into what you're saying? It does. And um, and going back to your nifty 50, I love that. As a matter of fact, I wrote it down. <laughs> if those nifty 50 people are really your nifty 50, they mm-hmm. will not laugh at your BHAG. They yes. will go, oh, God, that's a great goal. Gee, I wish I had. Oh, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to make my goal bigger now, man. That is mm-hmm. that's phenomenal. And so that that's a good way to find out if they're really your nifty fifty. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, you start putting that energy out into your your space, your universe, and it is amazing what happens and what comes back to you. And just like you said, it may not be that person, but it may be a person who knows a person who knows another person. And the more you do that, the more you put it out, the more comes back to you. Yes, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Well, and I'm even thinking of a specific, um, I had a friend uh, who was, who wanted to get into making movies and set, I would, th- I would say is a BHAG of producing a movie. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, she had some some exposure into that space, had done a little bit like working on various sets, but that was still a big goal to, produ- to be able to produce a movie. And because she had worked on those sets and she had relationships with people, she put the message out there, I'm looking to produce a movie. Mm-hmm. And because of that, people were able to, you know, get attracted to it, get involved. And it took a little bit of time, but she was able to produce a movie. And it was really mm-hmm. fun to see that come together. And she had people who were willing to, you know, work for free or for very low cost. And um, people offered up locations and they were yeah. able to, different people had access to equipment and other things, all the little things that she needed. And people love to contribute and love to help. Yes, they and. Do. If, if we don't have goals or if our goals are like the secret little thing that we have for ourselves, you know, it's a little index card that you stick on your mirror, you're not allowing other people to, you know, to sync up their vibrations with yours. Uh-huh. And to contribute. <laughs> and you're right. People do love to help. They do love to contribute. That That's, I think it's innate in all of us. It's just mm-hmm. part of our spirit that we love to help other people. Um I ask people all the time, so what is your why? You know, why? Mm-hmm. why do you? And they they say, because I like help, helping other people. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's the number one reason people, uh, the number one why out there is to help other people. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think that is a strong enough why. Um, I think you've got to dig deeper, but that just shows how much we like helping someone else. Absolutely. It, yeah. it feels so rewarding. It, you know, you feel good about yourself. You see exactly how you're contributing to people. You see those results. It's, it makes sense why, why everybody loves to do it. I think it is, like you said, it's a natural human impulse. Some people mm-hmm. have this perception that people are mean and selfish and that we're all fighting with each other. And that's a really terrible way to look at the world. And I know yeah. some people maybe grew up in families or in communities where it was kind of dog eat dog, but if you can get to a place where you recognize that innate human desire to contribute, um, it's a much more pleasant way to live. And oh. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you sleep better at night. 
So it, it well, that, that's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, helping others is, um, and allowing, allowing people to help us and receiving their help, graciously receiving and willingly receiving some, sometimes that's a learned experience for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just, I keep bringing this up because I think a lot of times the the perception, especially I'm I'm like you, I'm not a woo-woo sort of a person. Um, and so, you know, you hear about the law of attraction and some people seem to really think it's like something will fall out of the sky in front of you. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I have a goal and just somebody will knock on my door with, you know, a big check or with whatever it means. And that's not going to happen. And if you're waiting for that to happen, you know, maybe once in a blue moon that happens but the first the first kind of vibration that you can easily do that you can push out the first catalyst that you have the ability to do is to share your goal and uh-huh. see what comes to you from that and so yes. you're you're generating the attraction you're you're yes. creating space for the attraction you're putting up you know the the bird feeder for the bird to come <laughs> whatever yes. it yeah. might be as opposed uh-huh. to just hoping that the bird shows up and so often, I think, you know, we, we get this idea of we hear about things like the law of attraction, we hear all these different pres- practices for, for goal setting, and audacious goals, and it seems so silly, and it seems so non realistic. But just thinking about some of these really basic steps to, um, you know, to, to have a goal that we write down and writing down a plan, and really thinking about how is my life going to be? When I accomplish that goal, mm-hmm. I can just see how that's going to change every, you know, you wake up and you're like, man, I can't wait until I wake up in the house or apartment that exactly. I'm going to be able to get yes. once I get my annual, my, my annual income to my monthly income. You, yeah. You're thinking about vacations and you're like, I really want to do that vacation in 2022, not in 2025. Yes. Um, you're thinking, you know, you're, you're sending your kids to school, whatever it might be. And you're thinking, man, I really wish that they were at, at the school I wanted them to be, whatever it might be. If you've got that clear picture of the future, it's always a little bit uncomfortable seeing your day-to-day life against that. And that's going to be that continual motivation to change as opposed to just sitting back and being comfortable where you are. It, that doesn't motivate you a lot to change. And so it's it's like a it's a positive kind of a discomfort. It's It's just a little bit like you're thinking, I don't fit in this world right now because I actually am designed to fit into the world that I want to create. And you're, you're making this space for yourself in that future world and you're kind of outgrowing the space that you're in. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, one of the things that people, uh, and you use the word want, we, what we've been conditioned to mm-hmm. ask ourselves is the question what do I think I can get? Mm. That's the question that we're constantly asking ourselves. Well, what do I think I can get? Well, I think I can increase my sales by 20% this year. That's what I think I can get. I think I can um, move into a new house in three years because I'm going to be increasing my sales by 20%. So this is what we think we can get. The mm-hmm. question that we have got to ask ourselves. It is a, an imperative that we do this. It's the simple question, what do I really want? Mm-hmm. What do I secretly want? You know, we, we do this 
this exercise. It's called daydreaming. It's called fantasizing. Mm-hmm. And we do it very easily when we're children. You know, mm-hmm. we lay in the front yard and look up at the sky and, and we dream about, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be this and I want this. But then we go to school and we graduate and we get married and we have kids and we have responsibilities and we start doing the things that we feel like we have to do to to move forward in life. And we forget about those dreams. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I do, the very first thing, is with my clients is ask them, what do you really want? What do you secretly want? And sometimes, Elizabeth, it takes them weeks to come up with mm-hmm. what they really want because they've forgotten. And, and, and this is especially true for, for women because women always, we're, we're the nurturers. We put everybody first you know, we take care of the family, we take care of the children, and we forget about what we want. Mm-hmm. And, but but it, the same goes for men, too, because, you know, men have, you know, they have the mindset of being the breadwinner, and I've got to do this and got to do that. But when you sit with yourself quietly and calmly and relax and just allow yourself to dream and come up with what you really want, that's the beginning of a new life. That's the beginning of, of forming your BHAG. And that is definitely the first step. So I'm glad you use that word want because mm-hmm. it's not what we need. It's what we want. What do I really want? And I had, I had never asked myself that uh, except in childhood. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even seem like something you can do. You know, it's like you're exactly. not allowed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That just doesn't fit into how things work in reality. And when you when you really start to focus on that, for, for so many people, the reason that we don't think about that is we think we're not doing what we're supposed to, right? If, mm-hmm. if I think of my BHAG and it involves starting a new business, mm-hmm. then I might have to quit my job and get rid of the steady income and the predictability that I have that is supporting whatever people might be depending on me. And I, I don't feel like I can do that. I'm not allowed. It's not acceptable. So I yeah. just push that down. Exactly. And if instead you really have that vision, you may end up figuring out a plan such that you're able to really maximize your income as you work toward this and build a certain cushion, or mm-hmm. you're going to be able to work um, and and do, you know, start building your, your business on evenings and on weekends, and you're going to get people that are going to help you and your family or friends or whatever are going to, are going to contribute. And just by allowing yourself to, to, think about what you want and really focus on what you want, you're going to be more creative than yes. that. Just like if, if you don't let yourself think about it, you're going to kind of catastrophize and you're going to think of the worst possible scenario and how, how it pos- how it couldn't possibly work. Um, but if you give yourself permission to think, but what if it could work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what yeah. if I could make it happen? Yeah. That's when the creative ideas start flowing. And I love that you mentioned that earlier. It, it lets your mind start actually doing what your mind can do, as yes. opposed to just, you know, again, Limited. being a little robot. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's allowing ourselves to, uh, to your point, allowing ourselves to say, okay, how can I make this work instead mm-hmm. of all the reasons why it won't work? Mm-hmm. 
when you allow yourself to to say, huh, God, that, that'd be great. Oh, God, I'd love to start this business. So how can this work? And when you start focusing on how you can make it work, it's amazing what ideas come up you come up with and amazing who comes out of the woodwork that helps you absolutely yeah yeah I just got goosebumps (laughs) that's (laughs) always a good sign (laughs) definitely I I have absolutely loved this conversation I'm sure um I'm sure our listeners have as well I know as I talk to clients we're recording this it's going to go up in like a week but um you know it's we're, we're in the middle kind of of Q3 um and so many companies are starting to plan their annual planning retreats and you know plan the planning and Uh um at an organizational level you know when you see organizations that have a BHAG versus just we're going to grow 10%, 2%, whatever it might right. be. It's it's super exciting to see. And that that you end up, you attract people to work for you. You attract um, sponsors and investors and all kinds of other creative ideas because this isn't just taking one person and leveraging that person. But if, if as an organization or as a team, you can identify a BHAG. You're yes. in, you're embracing and you're pulling in all the mental faculties and the yes. the creative juices of your entire team. And yes. it's a it's a really powerful thing um, at an individual level, but also as a as a team level. And you know, I ask companies all the time, you know, what is your vision? What is mm-hmm. your BHAG for the company? And they'll tell me. And I'll say, well, have you shared this vision mm-hmm. with everyone in the company? Well, no, not everyone. I've shared it with my leadership team or, you know, my VPs or, mm-hmm. or whatever. No, 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 no. When people are tied in to a vision, in, 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 this, in this case, a company's vision, they get excited. Mm-hmm. They, they see themselves as a part of something bigger than themselves and it's something bigger that they can work toward. And they feel valued mm-hmm. because you have shared something so important with them. Definitely. <clears throat> do, do you see that in companies where they hold back and don't share yes. their... Okay. Right. Yeah, it's I it's so common. That. And yeah. like you said, I mean, you share it with the receptionist. And what you don't know yes. is the receptionist has a cousin who yeah. has a relationship that could introduce yeah. or yes. they are going to be willing to work late and they have a special <laughs> skill and they'll be able to do something. You share uh-huh. it with the most junior employees and they get really excited to come to work every day and they work yes. harder and they work better and they come up with new ideas for doing things. And yes. we think sometimes that it'll be distracting, or I don't even know exactly why it is that companies don't share these goals. You know, they don't feel like it's necessary or appropriate or something. But if you yeah, have I, I, everybody... I think, I think you're right. I, I don't think they think it's appropriate. They just need mm-hmm. to give, they just have to be given permission to do it. Yeah. And if, if everybody knows what you're working toward together, you know, you think of um, an example in the book Tribal Leadership um, uh-huh. that talks about different stages of culture development. I'm going to totally forget the name of the pharmaceutical company, but they identified the top level of culture was when they interviewed a pharmaceutical company and they asked, you know, who are you competing against or who do you want to be? And their enemy was cancer. It wasn't the other pharmaceutical companies, right? It was, it was disease. It was sickness. And if you as an entire company say, our BHAG is we're going to beat cancer. Mm -hmm. Just think of how every single person Mm -hmm. who comes to work 
feels fulfilled and feels like they're really doing something powerful. And you think of um, just how quickly we were able to come up with the COVID vaccines and the Mm -hmm. whole world came together for that. That was a BHAG. The -hmm. idea of getting workable vaccines out to market as quickly as happened was ridiculous. I mean, nobody would have thought that it would be possible. And yet so many people came together and there was such passion, such drive behind it that it happened and it's it's been remarkably successful. And so it's, you know, we can see in front of us right now a a BHAG that really just came came to fruition. And if everybody had said, oh, you know, it's going to take us the standard two to four years to be able to come mm-hmm. up with a vaccine. Um, and nobody had, nobody had decided to, to really push for something else. Um, you know, I wouldn't be vaccinated right now. <laughs> and- yeah. 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 I hadn't even thought of that being a, a BHAG, but you're absolutely right. It, there was, it, <clears throat> They had to, you know, they, they mm-hmm. their back was against the wall or, or against the wall. And there was just no question of, well, we can, you know, do this this year and this this next year and the next step this, the next year. No, we're going to get this done now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. had not been done before. Definitely. And, yeah. you know, I don't think very often in our lives, hopefully, not very often in your life, do you have such a catastrophe happen where your back is against the wall and your BHAG is just to survive. But if you can take that same spirit, that same focus, that same energy to what you really want, Mm -hmm. if you think about what you could achieve if you had to, if you mm-hmm. absolutely had to, to survive, you know, it's like you hear about people who can like lift a car off yes. somebody with like the, uh-huh. the crazy adrenaline that happens. Uh-huh. We're capable of so many things. And yet we limit ourselves because we we don't even try. And to be able to identify really what you want and to take all of the amazing power and ability and, and you know, capability that you have and constantly be focused and working toward that goal. That's a really, um, it's a really satisfying thing. Even as you're, you know, it takes time to get there. It's still a lot more fun than putting your head down and being, you know, one little cog in a giant machine. Right. And, and once you have experienced achieving a BHAG, not even achieving it, but just moving toward a BHAG, You'll never go back. You'll mm-hmm. never go back to doing how uh, how you were doing it before. It, you know, I was a <laughs> before I learned these these what I call the mental strategies. I was a business coach, uh, mm-hmm. and I was using uh, what I called external business strategies. And I had I was coaching my clients to set goals. Of course, these were the quote realistic goals, the mm-hmm. incremental steps. I wasn't even setting goals myself. I was mm-hmm. a hypocrite <laughs> at that point because I was coaching them to do something that I wasn't doing. I had given up on goal setting. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was not important to me anymore. And then I found the BHAG and everything in my life changed. It was amazing. And so once you've, you've discovered it and once you've put it into practice, there's no going back. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I love that. that You can just hear the energy in your voice, that laugh. That's, um, I think we all want to get there. So um, looking at the, looking at the time, I think we probably need to start winding down. We could definitely keep talking about this forever, but um, (laughs) 
I, I'd love to ask the same question to all of our guests. So do you have any resources that you would recommend to our listeners? Yes. Um, of course, everybody's heard, uh, heard of the book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, that book in and of itself has created more millionaires than any other book in the world, mm-hmm. period, bar none. Nobody's even gotten close. What people don't realize is you can take a chapter in that book and you can study that chapter for three months. That book is so has so much uh, meat in it mm-hmm. that uh, I, I know some of my clients also go, God, Donna, getting through Think and Grow Rich, it's just taxing my brain. Mm-hmm. People, people don't take that book seriously enough. So that's one resource. Uh, one of my favorite authors is Neville Goddard. He mm-hmm. is no longer alive. He was writing about a hundred years ago. The The Power of Awareness by Neville Goddard is a phenomenal book. Um, he goes well into once once you've got the BHAG, what other mental strategies can you use to to get what you want? And um, that's another deep book. And one of my favorites is The Science of Getting Rich by Dr. Wallace Waddles. Mm. I think those three are probably the, um, I, if I was on a, uh, on a, oh no, there's a, there's a fourth one. And that is You Were Born Rich by Bob Proctor. Those four books I would take with me on my, you know, island if I could only have four books. Yeah. Nice. Oh, and as a matter of fact, I've attacked, I've, I've given you a copy to give to your listeners. It's a digital uh, copy of You Were Born Rich. Wonderful. We will definitely um, put that in the show in the show notes. Okay, um, good. Yeah. Whenever you start to think about those desert island books, that's definitely the resources to recommend. Oh, okay. <laughs> whether it's, I suppose, a desert island or whether your BHAG is to have an island of your own um, <laughs> and you just have space limits on your plane to, you know, <laughs> to get there. And, you know, and there's one article. Um, oh, now I can't even remember the name of the article. I, I've drawn a blank. Anyway, um, I've given you a copy of that article because especially for salespeople, I think this is the best article ever to read over and over and over and over again. And it, um, the article was written because this man wanted to find out what made the most, what was the one factor that, um, set all the wildly successful people, especially the wildly successful salespeople apart from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And he did this big study and he came up with this conclusion. And that conclusion is in the article. It's um, just a minute. Uh, I just pulled it up. Crazy. It's the common denominator of success. That's it. The common denominator. <laughs> yes. That, that's the com- common denominator of success. That is a phenomenal article. Uh, I read that over and over and over and over and over over, over again. Yeah. It's always nice when you have, um, like you were saying, you know, about Think and Grow Rich and, and really all of these, if it's, if there's enough there, every time you read it, you're going to get something else out of it. And so oh often God, yes. we read like we, like it's an assigned book in school and, you know, I just have to get, make it through and we take a couple of notes and and that's really it. Yeah. But if you, yeah. if there's, if there's a lot in there, um, you know, maybe just take a chapter a month <laughs> and, and see what you yes. can do. It's, it's really amazing. 
somebody described this to me. You, you, you put your hands on either side of your face, like a, a blinders on a horse. Mm-hmm. You come to a book or you come to an article with that much awareness. And when you read something and it is meaningful, your hands spread out just a little bit from your face because mm-hmm. that's your awareness expanding. Well, the next time you come to that same chapter, that same book, that same article and read it again, you come to it with that increased awareness mm-hmm. and your awareness keeps increasing. That's why repetition is so important. You don't read a book once, you read it 50 times because every time your awareness keeps expanding and expanding and every time you come to it with that expanded awareness and it keeps expanding. And I just, uh, my, my uh, a colleague, Danielle, gave me that description and, and she showed it to me with the hands on the side of the face and mm-hmm. I've, that just made so much sense to me. Because it's not logical to read a book 50 times. Mm-hmm. But once you start reading a book over and over and over again, the illogic turns into the logic because you see the beauty of it and you see how much you get out of it. Well, and that that's such a powerful image. I'm I, you know, picturing it in my mind. And as soon as as soon as you said it, I started to think, well, it's not logical to play the same song on the guitar 50 times. But if you're learning the guitar, you're going to play it the first time and be pretty terrible and you're going to get a little bit better and you're going to play it the yep. next time and get a little bit better. But yet we don't view reading and learning yep. the same. And yet yep. you're learning Absolutely to play not. the guitar like you're learning to get rich. <laughs> um, it's it's the same thing, you know, and, it is. and we don't let ourselves learn incrementally like that. Um, when it comes to certain kinds of knowledge, even though yes. we recognize that it's necessary in other kinds of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just picturing those blinders just opening, opening, opening. Uh-huh. And eventually Getting you've got peripheral vision. Wider and wider. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I love that. I love that example, though, about the guitar. I'm, I'm going to borrow that from you, Elizabeth. Hey, uh, we all inspire each other. <laughs> so Donna, uh, if people want to learn more about you and your work, where can they find you? Um, www.elevatespark.com. So elevatespark.com. I don't know why I put the www. Huh? Uh, elevatespark.com. And um, I have a uh, an email. They can uh, send an email to Donna at elevatespark.com. Wonderful. I'd imagine you're going to have some people reaching out to you to see how they can set those BHAGs for themselves. So thank you. Oh, I'm happy to, I'm happy to help them with their BHAG. Yeah, I, I, I'll do a, a 30 minute free consultation with anybody. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much for being here today, Donna. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for inviting me, Elizabeth. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything Donna and I have been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 317. Just a quick reminder, if you subscribe to the show, you'll get every new episode as soon as it's posted and you can subscribe for free wherever you're listening. If you did enjoy the show, please recommend us to a friend. That is the best way for more people to discover the show. You're kind of vibrating out into the universe, right? <laughs> we love feedback. And you can leave us ratings, reviews, and Apple Podcasts, or email us if you've got feedback, if you've got questions, if you've got suggestions for other guests we should be talking to. You can email us at podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. 
Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook and check out the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success. Happy selling!